Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Line in the Sand podcast. Uh, my name's Hamish. I'm an Essendon supporter, and boy, have they been flying this preseason. Joining me again, as always, this evening is Amos, the Hawthorne supporter. How are you, Amos? Well, Hamish, no one's flying as well as I am this summer. Um, yeah. It's been a summer of, of not much, to be honest, but uh, mm-hmm. like every AFL team, I'm flying. Yeah. It's yeah. the best preseason I've ever had. Yeah, first full preseason you've had in a long time. You're fit and healthy and um, yeah. ready to hit the. Um, how are you doing in the two K time trials? Oh well, for they don't really exist in the game of squash, to be honest. So, <laughs> <laughs> mm. and uh, I've never. I don't think you run two Ks on a cricket field unless you make a ton, and that was those kind of glories are long gone, unfortunately. Mm. So, <laughs> yes. How about yeah. you? Uh yeah. Look, um, you know, I can't fault my preseason. I actually. I lie. I, I am. I am carrying a hand injury, and um, it has been a bit of a struggle at the moment. So um, I'm just, you know, concentrating on the bike and um, getting that cardio fitness up and running. But um, we're ready to hit the um, hit full training again soon, and um, looking forward to it. But you know, it's it's it, it won't it won't interrupt the regular season, and everything will be fine. What? No surgery. No uh, timelines. He'll be back for round one for sure. Back, definitely back. Stuff. No no surgery required. Definitely back for round one. <laughs> but more importantly, will you fit in a uh, preseason game? Do you think? Uh, do you think I don't know minutes? that I'll play. I don't know that I'll play a full preseason game, but I'll definitely get some minutes in any preseason games that I end up playing. Yeah, mm. yeah, fair enough. And and you reckon in the in the VFL just to ease your way back into it all? You no, go you've got to go straight into the top side. Even if they have <laughs> to give me a needle, we'll be straight back into the top side. Oh, well done, well done. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So mm. we're we're both going well. Yeah, um, I, I know we are an AFL-focused podcast, but let's face it, um, we have to talk about uh, the tennis. Uh, uh, we're recording this episode uh, uh, just after the end of the 2022 Australian Open. Saturday night, we had an all-Australian affair with um, Ash Barty winning the women's singles and adding to her fantastic 2021 by starting 2022 off the right note. And... Um, the special K, Nick Kyrgios and Arthur Kokonakis. Um, oh, yeah. Well, uh, special <laughs> K winning the um, winning on the Saturday night. Um, you know, that that was an amazing, uh, you know, and, and the thing is that we've got to remember there is that with the men's doubles was actually an all Australian affair. They were playing uh, against pretty- another Australian team. So that, I mean, we, we, um, we focus on, well, let's face it, we're all focusing on Nick um, Kyrgios um, yeah. there, but like, you know, we, we got to pay our respects to the fact that there are, um, you know, other, other Australians that were there, even if, you know, no one was watching any of their games um, <laughs> during the competition and they were all turning up to see um, Nick rev up the crowd and um, get everyone excited. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I don't think anyone's been as excited about, um, um, mixed or men's doubles tennis in a long time. No, you're spot on. Not since the mm. Woodies, and yeah. probably even before that, to be honest. But uh, mm. um, yeah, he does put bums on seats. Let's be honest. Yeah, uh, like him or not. Mm. Uh, but uh, I mean, look, it's uh, for the statisticians out there. Yeah, uh, you know, Ash Barty, first uh, Australian singles champion at Oz Open since 1978, yeah. mm. uh, and I think the men's all Australian. Men's doubles final was the first time since 1980 yeah. that all four players were Australian. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, shout out to, obviously, the winners. Uh, 
Shout yeah. out to Matt Ebden, who looks like he's going to miss uh, the birth of his child due to WA's quarantine yeah. backflip. Mm-hmm. Uh, the poor guy. So, uh, fingers crossed all goes well for him. Um, but hopefully the uh, the uh, the check coming in the mail from Tennis Australia helps a little yeah. bit with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, a couple of things I just wanted to mention with that. Obviously, Ash Barty was sensational, but uh, I don't think we're going to have a more iconic photo uh, than we did with Ash, Kathy Freeman, and uh, Yvonne Goolagong Corley taken for many a year. I wouldn't have thought so, uh, no. Mm. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, Although, potentially, mm-hmm. potentially we've got yeah. James Hurd and uh, Rafa Nadal, you know, uh, slotted in there somewhere, yeah. but um, we, I mean, we it is quite funny. We haven't got but, to the Sunday night tennis game yet. <laughs> I, I, you know, I wanted to finish off the um, Saturday night by paying my respects to um, Max Purcell's mullet. I thought that was particularly impressive. And also the um, fact that Thanasi um, was dining out on Sunday at one of my favourite Greek restaurants uh, uh, in Mooney Ponds. He was, um, he was uh, having his... Uh, dinner there to celebrate um, uh, at uh, Phil Helene restaurant and um, shout out to Phil Helene. If you're hearing this, you know, free advertising. I wouldn't say no to a free dinner though. Um, <laughs> so I think that was um, exciting to see. Maybe, maybe we could do an OB there. Mm. Why not? Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But I mean, imagine how big it would have been on the men's side. If you've got uh, Nick and Tanasi in the men's doubles and if Pass had made the final, yeah. Uh, Melbourne's Greek community would have been going absolutely crazy for the yes. whole weekend. So, but uh, yeah. alas. Mm. So, and and um, yeah, you met, you brought up um, Sitsipas uh, losing to Medvedev in the semi-finals. Has there ever been a more one-sided um, crowd support for a tennis game in Australia than oh. Rafael Nadal and um, against um, Daniil Medvedev that didn't involve an Australian player? Uh, not that I can remember. I mean, I, I must admit, I was at a semi-final, well, 13 or 14 years ago, where mm. uh, Federer was playing Djokovic. I think it was the first time that Djokovic won the title, uh, and he beat Fed in straight sets. But mm. uh, the crowd was certainly with Fed that night. But I don't think it was to the levels of uh, of that final for Nadal. Yeah. So, and yeah. you know, isn't like. I don't know if you stayed up and watched the whole thing. I did. I was up until 1.30 in the morning. I even stayed up to watch the um, the presentation before getting to... I managed to get to my 6 o'clock gym class. But, um, you know, when he when um, Nadal went two sets down and two sets down relatively quickly and it seemed that um, Medvedev was doing it fairly comfortably, I, I thought it would be over very quickly after that. Mm. But, you know... He is he is the goat. He's won twenty one Grand Slams now after the Australian Open. Nadal just found that third, fourth, fifth gear. He got that energy back that he needed and um, grinded his way back into the game. And um, it seemed like he had to do more work, but he was prepared to do more work. And you know he's fit enough and had the skills, and he got across the line. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, and I also think he. Uh, mentally kept himself in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Medvedev choked or anything like that, but he certainly yeah. got riled up by the crowd and, and yeah. various things, which he has done throughout the tournament. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Nadal just let all that wash over him. I mean, I must have, I bailed at two sets all. Um, I'd been up at 5am that morning with kids and things. So um, 
I can hear the violins playing now, actually. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I was falling asleep sitting there watching it, so there was no chance I was going to go another hour to, mm. uh, to, to watch the end. But um, uh, I too uh, followed in your footsteps and managed to um, beat a retreat to the gym in the, the next morning, which um, will surprise many. I know, listen, but uh, God, it was a tough session. Yeah, mentally I, I, more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> I um I must admit I was ready for bed by ten a.m. Um, it was a long day after that, but um I I, I powered through, um, especially because you had a, a big night last night. So. Yes, yes. Um, it was a late night. Well, yeah, very exciting night last night. The first episode of um maths and a bit of cross promotion here. My wife and I uh, do a podcast about um maths. Uh, we call it Married on Maths. So you know, if you want to subscribe to another podcast, um. We're, we're, you know, we're a bit busier this year with Angus at school, so it'll only be one episode a week. So um, we'll be watching all the episodes and recapping at the end of the week about what's happened throughout the week. So, but you can find it, you can, you know, you can catch up on last year's series while you're waiting for us to release the um, first episode of this series. Once we've had a chance to watch this week's episodes and meet all the couples. No, I like it. Yeah. I mean, I've actually, uh, my wife's got it on as we speak. Mm. So I'm uh getting a, a semi-introduction into episode one. I can't sound happy about it, but there you go. Um, you, you, you can't knock it. love. It's true love and people looking for true love. It's <laughs> it's great television. The only thing that beats it is AFL football. Oh, this is true. So yeah. how do we get back on track? <laughs> yes, um, we have got a bit sidetracked with the um, tennis and maths. Uh, before we get to um, this week's topic, I did want to um, touch on one thing and show my appreciation for... Um, um, Triple M and putting um, out a post in the last 24 hours um, showing where Rafael Nadal fits uh, in the scheme of the greatest of all time of um, sporting legends and sh- shows that he's almost on par with James Hurd. I thought that was a great post and a great, um, you know, a great um, recognition of Nadal's career and where he fits in the grand scheme of things. Well, yeah, I suppose the difference being is that Nadal actually wins things. Yes, uh, okay. They were talking about <laughs> how um, Nadal has won 21 Grand Slams in the time that that since Essendon last won a final. But, you know, I did like seeing two GOAT sporting stars uh, in the one photo in it's my a, Facebook feed for a second there. It's a very big call. Very big call. But... Uh, yeah, I must admit I had some fun with a couple of boys at the cricket club and, and as happens often when you deal out some shit to Essendon supporters and Carlton supporters, you kind of count the barbs to see who comes up with 16, the number 16, how long it takes. It was two, two barbs and all of a sudden, <laughs> how many premierships have you got? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, uh, but uh, look, yeah, James Head should be honoured to be mm-hmm. uh, thought of in the same breath as Rafa Nadal. Uh, yeah, and we're still gunning for 7,000 days without a finals win. So get on hashtag 7,000. That's all I've got to say. No, we're going all the way this year. Still about I'm two years away. To, yeah. <laughs> no, this, uh, this, is, this is our year. Well, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. How, I don't know. Second year blues for some of the boys. Jake no. Stringer hasn't got the inspiration of the contract. No, no. As, as we will get to... Um, through tonight's topic, we'll hear about how Essendon's flying and everything's on track and the foundations have laid for a massive year. 
It can't be going great. They had to get on the beers in the Macedon Rangers, so there must be some sort of team building exercise that has. Oh, to... you you reckon that was because there were problems and they had to get them away together? Okay, we'll we'll, we'll save that discussion for when we get to Essendon. So tonight's topic of conversation <laughs> is we're going to go through each of the clubs uh, we've been reading up in the media, who's been doing what, how the teams are going, whether there's any massive injury concerns. Um, whether anyone's training in any new positions and just a general discussion about how we think clubs are going based on what we know of our own clubs or what we've heard in the media or on Twitter or other social media channels. We'll try not to share anything too scurrilous, but who knows? We'll see what we come up with. Um, so let's start off with Adelaide. What have you heard um, coming out of Adelaide at the moment, Amos? Uh, <clears throat> Adelaide, I think the key thing there is their new fitness coach, uh, Darren Burgess, who was at Melbourne last year, has, has joined yeah. the ranks. Uh, so interesting to see how much of an impact he has because uh, he has a bit of a Midas touch with uh, clubs yeah. going deep into the year. Um, and for me, uh, Adelaide, you know, I mean, the third year under Matthew Nick's coaching, so they really yeah. should be looking to push their way up the ladder. Uh, does that mean finals? If I'm an Adelaide supporter, I'm liking to think that they might get yeah. the bottom rungs of the eight, you know? Yeah. Um, and just interestingly, uh, a guy who's probably been on the outs the last couple of years with injuries, Wayne Miller, looks like he's back. Um, and I know I had him in my uh, fantasy teams for uh, a good reason. And uh, if he's back and back in form, then that could be just a spark that they need to, uh, yeah. you know, push themselves back up the ladder. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is the time of year where um, I must admit the teams I'm not a supporter of, I do pay attention to for fantasy football reasons, in, including um, Supercoach and another fantasy competition that Amos and I are both involved in. And I have been um, uh, noticed, I, I have put a, a tick next to um, their number six draft pick in um, Josh, I think it's pronounced Rochelle. Um, he, he's apparently, he, you know, Eve, their Christmas break, he didn't take much time off and he's been spending a lot of time in the gym and you look at photos of him now compared to draft night and he's already put on considerable bulk and you listen to what's being talked about. He's um been lighting up the training track at, I mean, you know, he, obviously he's a first year player, so you can't expect too much, but lighting up the track to levels that are exceeding expectations already. And um, I expect that we'll see him, playing fairly early in, in the season. And, um, you know, it looks like if he's already added the size that he wants to make an impact and make an impact fairly quickly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he'll get a chance pretty early. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how he slots in under the feet of Fogarty, Walker, and these type of guys, um, Himmelberg, um, you know, and whether he can sort of uh, make that position his own early doors um, or whether he sort of takes a little while to find his feet. But um, positive reports, no doubt. Yeah. Brisbane. Yep. So Brisbane, for me, uh, is are they going to be able to... Are the two boys coming back from ACL injuries going to come back well or are they going to take a year to sort of yeah. get back into the groove? So Cam Rayner, uh, from all reports, is going really well. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, tracking for round one. Eric Hipwood, uh, supposedly tracking for May, but probably I would think potentially they might push him out to the bye next year. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> just to see and see how they're going, obviously, before they make that decision. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if those two guys come along. Nakai Cocker, too, is getting a lot of pride up yep. so far. Um, but he's definitely an X-Factor player. Um, yeah. uh, and Brisbane got on the cheap from the Cats a couple of years ago. He's been ruined by injuries probably the last four or five years, to be honest. Uh, but he was a top 10 pick uh, in his draft. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, he did show flashes of brilliance last year. So mm. it was good to see him actually get a game and get on the track. Um, and he might be a bit of X factor that they need up there. Um, yeah, because they've got uh, him, Zach Bailey's pretty X factor like. Uh, and then uh, obviously Charlie Cameron is their small forward. So yeah. uh, they just need uh, McStay to uh, McStand and, um, you yeah, know, another key forward sitting around just to. Um, to get the ball to ground for those guys to go to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, apparently, um, Hipwood's had a haircut. He's um, gone close shave and um, <laughs> and he is out and he is running again. Um, you know, he's not back to full training, but that is ahead of schedule. So, um, like you said, they expect him back quicker than previously expected. Um, yeah. yeah. Rainer is by far and away exceeding expectations and he's expected back for round one and with a more serious role they feel that um he has recovered from the injury and apparently he's going to play a more significant role um through that midfield and into um um in you know up forward as well but play more of time through the midfield as well um if you believe the um news coming out of brisbane and you don't know whether it's a parochial um report or whether there's some truth to it but if there's a lot of truth to it uh, it's a bit scary for how deep um brisbane might go given they've been thereabouts the last few years but um apparently lucky neil's flying and given how talented he is um you know he 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 was reasonable in 2021 when well that wasn't a full season if he can come back and have yeah. the season he deserves <clears> to have he'd um you'd have to put him up there um he he's capable of winning a brownlow medal and if he plays to the level that he is capable of that that should see them going deep in September, I would have thought. Yeah, well, given if he wins it, it'll be his second one, so uh, that makes him a better player than James Heard in my books. But uh, um... as we discussed <laughs> on numerous occasions, and I will continue to bring bring up, James Heard should have won in '96 on his own. He was robbed in that game that um, the lights went out, and given that there was one season where he only pay, played 17 games and missed out by three votes, he deserved a second uh, round low medal. It's an outrage. <laughs> oh, I love rolling you up about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, the big question with Brisbane for me is if uh, the big O, Oscar McInerney, goes down with injury, mm. what are they going to do for Ruckman? Uh, they're a bit light on in those stakes. Big uh, Joe. Big Joe Danaher was um, yeah, originally drafted as a potential Ruckman at Essendon. Yeah. So. Oh, maybe. That's true. So I forgot about him when we were talking about key forwards before. But yeah. uh, And I know they, they picked up was it Darcy Fort from Geelong yeah. uh, in the summer. But even still, I mean, he's proven uh, over the last few years to be a, a pretty savvy pickup from yeah. um, you know, the Casey Demons via Montrose. Um, so... Yeah, so that's a biggest question. And the other thing is, um, you know, how will their half-back line survive without uh, having Hawthorne legends just uh, picking up, up their superannuation checks? Uh, yeah. Now they've now they're, uh, got their big boy pants on, I'll have to play half-back by themselves. So we'll see how they go. We'll see how they go. Uh, look, I, <laughs> I do expect them to um, feature fairly heavily yeah, through I, September. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure 
you know, I'm not sure whether anyone can beat Melbourne at the moment, let's face it, but I'm not sure that they're quite the premiership contender yet. But, you know, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they get everything together and stay relatively injury-free. They're going to be one of the ones we'll be talking about come September. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think, uh, you know, when we sit down and do our serious, uh, you know, uh, prognostications for, for season 2022, they'll be featuring heavily mm. in the top four yeah. discussion. Mm. One that won't be featuring heavily in the top four is the Carlton Football Club. Um, how do you think Michael Voss is going to go with his second chance as a um, top-level AFL coach? Uh, look, I think he'll be much better prepared than he was the first time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he won't have the influences, the negative influences of uh, people like Favola, who they picked up at Brisbane, you know, which seemingly... Uh, you know, was a commercial aspect to it as well as football, but uh, you know, perhaps not the greatest decision they ever made. Obviously, um, from all reports uh, from people who support the Blues, uh, there's a fair bit of desperation that they actually just make the finals this year for the first mm. time in a while. Um, it's a bit of a feeling. Well, if they don't do it this year, when are they ever going to? Uh, however, if I'm a Carlton supporter, yeah, absolutely want to make the finals. But given it's Voss's first year, they've got a few guys coming back from injuries. Um, they've lost their linchpin key defender, in, uh, Liam Jones, um, and potentially their and and their ex skipper Sam Doherty's, you know, on the sidelines recovering from cancer again. It hasn't been smooth sailing in the preseason. You wouldn't have thought. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, you know, I think I would just want to see cohesive team play uh, with uh, you know decent structure set up and and uh, a game plan that looks like it could you know maybe not win this year but go deep in finals. You know, you've got to put building blocks in place. You've got to be able to play hard, tough footy. Carlton have always been over the last few years list, listed as excellent downhill skiers. Mm. Uh, I'd want to see a bit more going back the other way if I was a Blues fan. Yeah, but. Having said that, um, Carlton is a club like Essendon, like Hawthorne, like one of those big clubs that the fans are always going to put that expectations there. And how long can they go through a rebuild that's been going since 1995? Um, But, you know, look, I, I think, I think they have to make the finals this year. I think they were expected to make the finals last year. Um, It's, I, I don't think it will reflect on Voss but it will reflect, reflect on the club and the general incompetence of the football department and the recruitment over the last four to five years if they don't at least make the finals this year, especially if, you know, as they say, um, yes, Doherty is still not back to full. He's still working on his condition. He's still getting up to it. But, you know, Charlie Kerno is supposed to be one of their key players, is apparently training at 100% and training the house down. Um, yeah. Mitch yeah. McGovern, who hasn't lived up to expectations where he's been playing the last few years, is um, apparently um, Voss has recognised that he might actually perform better as a defender and he's been training down back. And as an intercept defender, he's actually been you know, lighting it up on the training track as well. So if those, if Kerno stays injury-free and that Mitch McGovern move takes off, that may be the spark they need to actually get everyone else to lift their game yeah. as well. Yeah, correct. I mean, I, you know, Charlie Kerno is effectively a new recruit, isn't he? I mean, he mm. played a handful of games at the uh, at the end of last year, um, yeah. and we've seen what he can do pre-injury. 
so if he can get back to somewhere near that, and now that um, uh, shit, I forgot the guy who won the um, common medal last year. Um, oh, he's got a twin brother at North Melbourne. Anyway, um, Coleman medal- medalist, yep. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> His twin brother plays fullback and they've never played. You're talking about Harry McKay. I am Harry McKay. Yeah. That's all right. How could I forget such a great Carlton name? Swan yeah. McKay, Harry McKay. Yeah. Anyway, um, so those two can stand up, uh, you know, and then as you say, I mean, McGovern, surely it's in the genes given Jeremy such a great intercept centre half yeah. back at West Coast. Mm. Um, if he can play a similar role there, that. Uh, as you say, may well be the way to go. The other thing for me is, you know, can Patrick Cripps uh, let go of his, uh, you know, desire to do everything or try and mm. do everything and just do what he needs to do and therefore, you know, potentially all the other midfielders will come along for that ride if he can, he can you know, just play that role. Whatever yeah. role he's given, play the mm. role and let the other guys do what they need to do as well. So, I mean, there's no doubt he's been... He's the standout choice for captain and he's a great player. Um, but I think uh, just criticism can be leveled at him where he sometimes tries to do too much. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to take great satisfaction when they finish ninth or 10th. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. even more satisfaction when our next team probably finishes lower than that. Right? Yes. Uh, the Collingwood Football Club, another team with a new coach this year that's... um. I, look, I think they're in a different place to Carlton and the expectation. Like, there's always going to be high expectations at Collingwood, but I don't think they're quite as high as Carlton, given the list they've got and where they're at. Yeah. I think um, there's going to be, with Collingwood, it's not necessarily the overall expectations. It's more that there's going to be expectations on certain players and how good they're going to be and um, expect that quick return. Um, you know, Grundy, um, you know, they they think, I, look, I think they think he's better than he actually is. Um, Dacos that they picked up in the um, draft, you know, is going to be the second coming. Um, and uh, so I think they've got expectations on some of the players there. But, um, you know, I, I can't see them going too deeply. I think um, I, I'm more excited to see whether... Um, Mason Cox being able to see and actually wearing glasses during a game is going to improve his ability to mark because, you know, um, that was probably the biggest criticism of him is the time he'd get into packs and not take marks that you'd expect yep. someone having that role to take. If he's um, allowed to wear his goggles and um, that protects his eyes after the operations that he's had, is that going to improve his marking ability? Because, you know, if he takes some more of those pack marks, you can generally rely on him to kick. Does he become that key forward slash ruckman that they want? They've always wanted him to be, but actually live up to the expectations that he hasn't. Like you've, we've seen flashes of brilliance from him, but yeah. will he actually live up to um, what he's capable of doing? Yeah, I, it's a fair call. I mean, personally, I think Collingwood bottom two or three this year, and that's purely mm. just because. Yeah, you know, their list profile suggests that um, you know, there's a lot of young mm. kids there. Some good first round, you know, early draft picks. You know, last year and this year, obviously. Um, yeah, I'm disappointed that Pendlebury's going around again as captain. I would have thought it's the perfect time with a new coach and mm. all the rest of it for him to sort of step aside and, and just play footy and let someone like Taylor Adams spend a year yeah. growing into that 
role with the, the new coach and the new list and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I just thought that was a perfect opportunity to make the change uh, seamlessly. However, you know, um, we're not in the inner sanctum. So mm-hmm. uh, if Pendles gets the gig, it's not going to be, yeah, he's still going to do a great job. Um, but also I think uh, one play you didn't mention in your uh, little missives there was that, uh, you know, Darcy Moore's back as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they tried him up forward a few games last year, which I thought was always going to fail, and it did. Uh, yeah, when you've got a, he's got the potential to be one of the great centre half back full backs mm. of the next decade. Just lock him in there and yeah. and let him do his thing, uh, and then you know get your other recruits at the other end of the ground, you know that sort of stuff. So yeah. uh, so he's back for a full season, hopefully for Collingwood. Um, I can't believe I said that. Uh, yeah, but I still think they're going to finish bottom half of the bottom half of the table. Yep. Uh, a couple of the guys at the cricket club who are calling the fans generously had them finishing fifteenth or fourteenth, which I thought might be a bit uh, that that bit is one eyed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, who knows? They might surprise. But um, yeah, interesting to see how they go. New coach mm, and everything as well. So yeah. Before we move on to the premiership favourites for twenty twenty two, I did want to um touch on uh, Jordan Dugowie now back playing with the list and um obviously with a point to prove and a contract coming up as well, it'll be, um, he's, um, you know, got a lot of incentive to obviously perform this year and it'll be interesting to see how he goes as well. Um, I haven't heard much in terms of how he's fit back in and training and how conditioned he is given that he, um, went over to the U S to be in top condition and, um, found himself in trouble. Uh, It'd be, it'd be interesting to see, what happens think, over the coming days, how fit he is and how how he fits into their plans for the year. I think reports last year pre-incident, shall we say, mm. were that he actually was looking pretty good and training pretty well mm. overseas. Um, I'm just wondering if he's the, you know, 2022 version of Jake Stringer, who's, you know, it's a contract year. Got to have a blinder to make sure you get good dollars, whether it's at Collingwood or elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and you know, um, yeah. Does he does he turn it on just to make sure that yeah. that happens? Is that the motivator for him? Maybe um, maybe he needs a change of club too because I think that um that helped Stringer as well. Yes, last year was his best year at Essendon, but you know it wasn't a bad year the year before, yeah. and um, the change of scene seemed to have helped. Like yes, the troubles weren't the same, but mm. it was. I think it was a similar level of youthful arrogance that maybe got him into some of the trouble that he found himself in. And um, the change of scene seemed to work for him. Maybe, um, maybe for Collingwood's rebuilding, it's not the worst thing in the world to let him go um, because, you know, they, that frees up a lot of money. If he has a big year and um, let someone else pay that money and um, yeah. rebuild your list instead of clogging up um, your salary cap with him and, um, Grundy and everyone else, given that you've already got salary cap problems going forward and you've just recruited um, another day cost to the club. And if he's as good as you think he is, as he's coming into his top years of his career and is going to want that money, um, that should be the time that um, they're coming into their premiership window if they have recruited as well as they think they have. Yeah, I think that's a sound uh, 
policy and I'd be looking at that if I was Collingwood because you know even if he goes for free agency if you're not going to match the dollars that he gets elsewhere mm. you're still more than likely to get a first round pick yeah you know, the uh, secret herbs and spices that the AFL use yeah. um, you know no, no longer penalised ladder position for which pick you get uh, unfortunately still bleeding over mm. Buddy Franklin pick 19 yeah. that's beside the point uh, so yeah, you'll get a first-round pick for to go if he goes in free agency. Um, and if you trade him, then you pretty much can, you know, if he has a good year, that is. This is all predicated on yeah. that. Um, if he has a good year, you can almost name your price because people yeah. forget pretty quickly. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, they, um, they'll, they'll roll the dice and, dice and take the risk. Um, but moving on, premiership favourites, uh, the Essendon Football Club. Uh, flying this preseason, of course, and um, I, um, I I do hear that Tex Wanganine has been lighting up the training track trying to fill that last spot, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, there there's not a huge number of injury clouds at Essendon. Um, McDonald, Tip and Woody has had a calf injury, and um, you know the way he carries weight, the weight on him, that doesn't surprise me as a bulky footballer, but... Um, that seems to be the biggest concern they have at the moment. Uh, the Two of the second-year players, as you mentioned earlier, the second-year Blues, two of the second-year players in Zach Reed and Archie Perkins are on, um, allegedly, according to the media, I haven't, you know, I mean, obviously it's not confirmed, but allegedly are on modified training programs. So whether that's an injury cloud or just the high-performance staff thinking, well, these we think are most at risk of um, injuring themselves from over body usage as young players and and modified there. I'm not sure. Um, The big, not necessarily surprise, but big excitement out of the um, preseason for us. And I would have thought is um, Aaron Francis. Aaron Francis was a former top 10 pick. Who's um, did ask to be traded back to Adelaide a couple of years ago because he was homesick and was having issues before then. Um, started to find some form at the end of last season and apparently has been lighting up the um, training track. Um, hasn't missed the session this summer, apparently. So um be interesting to see how that uh, turns out come season time and whether he can continue his good form from last season. Um, big excitement for Essendon fans, though, is definitely, um, you know, number one, former number one pick, Andy McGrath. He's um, back training at um, full capacity. I I can't even remember remember the name of the gym, but um, we found that um, he's um, been training with a gym. Uh, I can't remember the name. I saw on Instagram that um, they were um, promoting how much he, fitter he is coming into this season. So that's exciting for us and the fans seeing Andy McGrath there. Um, I was surprised to see that they'd gone away for a week at the moment. They had a midweek a week-long training camp in Masson. I didn't know players did that anymore um, unless they went overseas. But um, They didn't go very far from home, Masson, and 30 minutes up the road. But apparently um, they brought back the training camp in a post-COVID world but kept it close to home. Just in, I guess that I guess they didn't want to risk a high-altitude um, training in a country <laughs> um, that they couldn't come back from. Uh, exactly. My, my question about that is, though, seriously, there's got to be problems at the Bombers if they're going for a team bonding camp in the middle of the preseason. There's got yeah. to be something going on. Yeah, you, re- you reckon there's culture <laughs> issues and they're, um, they're having to take everybody away to sort it out? Yeah, I think uh, 
you know the players that sick of um of uh, Ben Rutten trying to bring yeah. back all the old timers, you know, the sick of the history lessons and blah blah. Yeah, you reckon it's a full three sixty degree feedback kind of session. It wasn't altitude training or any of that sort of stuff. It was just get it all open. You reckon it was an Adelaide style camp, and we're in for a whole world of hurt. I think so. I'm hoping yeah. so. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I look. I, I I don't think you're going to get your seven thousand hashtag um, Amos. You know, if I. You know, if I dig really deep down and find one of those rational thoughts, I might say, look, we're probably not quite premiership favourites just yet, but, I, you know, I, I I see us going into week two of the finals this year. I see us breaking that hoodoo and um, winning a game. I'm very excited. Yeah, I suspect the only way you'll do that is, um, you know, the other team has to forfeit because they haven't got enough players for COVID, but uh, a win's a win. Mm, exactly. In a final. Everything can be get it. You've only got to play the opposition that's in front of you. That's correct. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, things looking up for the bombers, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are you hearing out of our first international team, the Fremantle Dockers? <laughs> yes. The uh, the newly minted, uh, what can we call it? The AFL anymore? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard with, uh, you know, you've got to get passports and things to go to certain parts of the country these days. So, mm-hmm. um, well, what I'm hearing is that Nat Five has a new haircut. Okay. Uh, apparently unrecognizable, but uh, I saw a photo of him the other day. It's clearly his face, just yeah. short hair. So you know, people baking a, a mountain out of a molehill there. They did have a retiree during the week. Uh, youngster Luke Valenti, who spent mm-hmm. a couple of years on the list uh, and just had injuries after injuries, groins and calves and things, and just not been able to get a uh, you know, decent crack at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's retired uh, with the full support of club and family and and friends and things like that. So it's always a pity, um, yeah, when you see a young kid, particularly 20 years of age or thereabouts, having to, to make that call. Uh, so hopefully he's not lost to football uh, mm-hmm. in some way, whether it's yeah, and the AFL system, whether Fremantle can uh, assist him if he's got coaching aspirations or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that opened up another list, but I think we are talking last week, they had two available. I think now they've got three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so surely... There'll be a couple of those train-on players um, at that get their chance now because yeah. of that, yeah. Because I don't think, like, I think three open list spots is probably too many to carry into a season. Yeah. Uh, knowing that you're only, uh, you know, a couple of bad weeks away from struggling all to fill your having, team, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whether it's COVID or whether it's you know a couple of ACLs or shoulders or whatever. So, um, yeah. So that's uh, interesting news out of the Dockers. Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah they they seem to have quite a few of their um bigger names on managed programs but nothing i've seen suggests any really serious concerns but obviously even managed programs from a team that's going to be competitive whilst not necessarily being one of the premiership favorites has to be of concern to Fremantle fans um if you believe what's coming out of WA, um, they've already filled uh, the Adam Chera void. Um, Darcy Tucker's going to take on some of that role with, with the way they've been training in some of their preseason match simulation stuff. Um, and um, they're pretty excited about how their draftee, um, Neil Erasmus, has been um, training and expect an early um, debut from him if he stays fit and keeps training the way he, ha- he has been without anything dropping off. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Darcy Tucker had pretty good raps on him in his draft year. Uh, not only about, obviously, his football ability, but his character. 
and his ability to, you know, want to improve and all that sort of stuff. So when I read that, um, I wasn't surprised to see his name thrown up there as the heir apparent to Adam Chera. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, just sliding back on that, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how strong Carlton are with that addition as well, just yeah. uh, backing over that. But uh, I, I, Fremantle, as you say, our first international team that we'll discuss. Um, yeah, they should be pushing for finals. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Uh, I mean, they've lost a couple of players, Chera, as we talked about. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, 12 or 13 games in Perth. Um, well, that remains to be seen, given Mark McGowan's announcement last week. Um, whether they have to hub or not is another thing, but that could yeah. galvanise some teams, as we saw with the Perth Scorchers in the Big Rash. Um, but it can also go the other way, as we saw with the Eagles couple yeah. of years ago. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, if I'm a Fremantle fan, I'm, I'm wanting to see that the team is pushing for finals. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'd be disappointed if they didn't um, at least make the finals and um, be competitive when they got there. Uh, yeah. What about the um, competition's geriatric team, <laughs> the uh, Geelong Football Club? Um, they... Um, Menangola and Dangerfield have had surgery in the preseason, um, as is Parfit. So, I mean, there's a fair bit of um, the team um, that um, has had, like, you know, obviously that interrupted preseason. I think Tom Stewart um, had late season. Um, oh, well, no, yeah, he missed the finals. So there, there was yeah. the injury yeah. then. He's just come back to training now so um you know they've got they've got some issues on a te- in a team that's already not young um and um we, how do you see their season going well i mean we talked about it uh well, a long time ago now i think when they were bundled out of the finals by the demons uh, you know it could all fall very quickly for them mm. um if some of their older midfielders uh you know make way for father time very quickly, and uh, we could be looking at the at the buy going well. We told you so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but also, it wouldn't surprise me if they do. I'm not saying they're going to win, or you know, but they'll be still competitive. Um, they've got nine games down in Geelong next year, so that's always going to be a bonus. Um, Jeremy Cameron apparently has not missed a beat this preseason, which is important. Yeah, uh, and it's still a very decent forward line uh, with him and Hawkins and Rowan mm-hmm. running around. And- they're adding, um, you know, they've recruited uh, Tyson Stengel as well, yeah. who's becomes another focal point down there. So they've got a, um, if they, between the sort of three or four of them, it, you know, whether they're rotating one of them in and yeah. out at stages, I don't know. But if between the three or four of them, they can um, get that sorted out. It becomes a pretty potent attack. But yeah, my big concern for them is obviously the age of some of the players. And um, yeah. once you get to that age, you can fall over fairly quickly in terms of, um just your ability to deliver on what you've been able to do previously. Yeah, an interesting theory was put to me on the weekend, actually, at cricket. So, uh, Rowan, if you're listening, thanks for this, mate. But uh, the um, the uh, theory being that if some of the younger Geelong midfielders fall over with big-ticket injuries, knee injuries or you know continual hamstrings or whatever, uh, and then all of a sudden you've got Selwood, Dangerfield, Mitch Duncan, uh, and these types having to play every game and big minutes in the middle, 
oh, that could actually be a worse outcome than if those guys fall over and their young kids have to push through. Yeah. Um, because not only do those young kids who are injured miss out on games, it means that the older guys... Uh, in the end of their career because they're hitting more minutes and yeah, uh, don't recover run, quite as quickly as they used to. Correct. Potentially run out of steam quicker. I mean, yeah. um, we backed Joel Selwood in to get himself right, but towards the end of last year, he did look like he was running in concrete um, compared to some of the other midfielders he was playing against. So, you know, um, yeah, be interesting to see where they go. I'm still sticking by my... Uh, prediction of a few months ago that they fall off the cliff pretty quickly. Uh, fall yeah. off the cliff pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, it could go either way for me this year. Given you know we've written them, or well, I've written not not in. The, I don't think we have in this podcast written them off previously, but in the past I've sort of said, "Yep, no, this is their year," and they continue to prove me wrong. So there's um, you know, they could prove us all wrong again and get to third or fourth on the ladder. I don't think they're a premiership team, but they're going to be competitive unless. This is the because it's going to happen eventually. It's whether they, um, um, whether it happens this year or not, I, I'm not 100% sure yet. Um, one team I'm 100% sure is going to underperform because they've underperformed their entire existence <laughs> is the Gold Coast Football Club. Um, you, um, Jack Bowes has hurt himself. Well, you know, he's he had a massive season, he's had a massive couple of seasons and, um, has now just gone under, under gut undergone shoulder surgery. That's not going to help him. Um, their main ruckman is just coming back um, from an ACL injury. Although Jared Witz is apparently flying as um, the journalists like to say. So um, we'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Witz once he starts actually training in match simulation and, um, you know, taking a hit on the body and whether and the extra hits that come under match um, play and what that means. Mm. Um yeah. Well, he's their captain too, so they yep. want him out there. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, yep. it was last year anyway. Matt Rowles had a tough couple of seasons um, with injury himself. Well, is is his body going to be right? You know, they they thought it was right when he came back last year and then he um, fell over again. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, yeah. Look, I, I just struggle to make the... Um, the case for them anywhere, you know, you hear some nice things about some players, you know, Jack Lacocious is another one you mentioned that um, seems to be doing the right things now, but I just can't see them putting it together on the football field. They haven't before. And I can't see them doing it again. No, I can. Okay. I don't think it's going to be this year. Uh, I, I mean, if I'm a Gold Coast supporter, given the last decade of disappointment, if they were to finish 10th or higher, I'd yeah. be wrapped. Hmm. Be absolutely wrapped. Um, so, um, I think with Rao, I mean, he's let's say he's almost a first year player still. Let's be honest, although he's had a couple of preseasons and, and that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Noel Anderson, uh, Jack Lukosius, as you say, um, uh, Ben King um, up there. Um, yeah, I mean, the key priority is making sure that he stays there, uh, really. Mm. Um, listen to the, the doom and gloom merchants that they reckon there's no chance of staying there but um, yeah they've got to keep him for sure um, and then you know with Collins at fullback he's a pretty robust key defender uh, maybe they need another one or two in that area because a couple of you know the, of their stalwarts have either been injured or or um, you know just not quite cutting the mustard but um, if I'm the Gold Coast I think the key the one thing that we 
probably will forget about, but we won't factor in is how much of a loss is Hugh Greenwood. Because mm. he's that big sort of inside midfielder, tackles everybody and everything. Um, you know, they made the mistake of uh, putting him out to pasture to pick him up as a, or re-rookie him and, and North Melbourne did what we applauded yeah. at the time. Um, how much of an impact is that going to be? Because he just uh, provides that bit of shelter for some of those young guys coming through. But uh, equally, they've got to stand on their own two feet. Um, if I'm Gold Coast, I'm aiming for 10th or above. Uh, and if they did that and I was one of their fans, I'd be wrapped. Yeah. Do they have any I'm not fans? sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Rent a crowd, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, look, um, I mean, the AFL, given that they've um, made the push there, would want to see them perform. And I, I look, I, I, when I was saying I can't make the case, well, I, I meant this year. Obviously, you want to see the young pay- players perform and you want to see them be able to build a list over a period of time. The problem seems to have been at um, Gold Coast in their existence that anyone that's any good um builds their ability there, but then goes to a different team. Like even yeah, Wit, Wit's got his chance to prove himself at um, the, uh, the Gold Coast be- because he was always playing second, third fiddle at um, Collingwood. Um, and, yeah. you know, in that first season there, he was massive um, before injuring himself. Um, that was a big season. But, um, you know, even him, like a cu- he's still a young guy, a couple of seasons there, um and if someone else comes chasing him with um, big money, it's 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 um it's an interesting discussion to have to have, and an interesting thought to see where he ends up there. Yeah, I, I think if one of the contenders came knocking on his door mm. uh, with a decent offer for his last four or five or three years of his career, yeah, uh, we certainly have to look at it. I agree mm. with you. So, yeah. Um, on the other end of the um, n- newer franchise spectrum, we have the Giants. Um, who've always been thereabouts and seem to be able to build lists around them. How do you think they're going to go this year? Uh, the Giants, I think, uh, I'll pencil them in for the finals. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, they covered a few spots last year uh, pretty well. Um, you know, they had Mummy playing again after retiring. Uh, mm-hmm. He performed pretty well, but obviously he's not there this year. But then, um yeah, Braden Bruce uh, has been full in full training over summer, and finally, after a few years sitting behind Goldstein and Gorn and and now injuries, uh, he might get a chance to, to prove his worth. Uh, yeah. And, and and yeah, from what we've seen, he'll probably be a similar type player to Mumford. Yeah, uh, maybe not quite as aggressive, but certainly uh, big enough to do that. Yeah, um, I, I think they'll be thereabouts. Uh, whether they can win it or not, they're probably a little bit short. Yeah. midfield depth but um, you know if Cornelio gets back to what we know he can do uh, and pair that with Taranto and Kelly uh, you know that's a pretty strong midfield group yeah. you know to start your centre bounces with Yeah, uh, and then yeah my favourite uh, non-Hawthorne player of the minute Toby Green uh, you know he can, he can, he's the X Factor he's the ultimate X Factor he's just got to stay on the field and not get himself yeah. suspended well, I think what, yeah. he missed the first few weeks because mm. of his uh, umpire altercation. Indiscretion, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, if I was Toby, um, yeah, I mean, look, I saw him play against Hawthorne in GWS's first season on a cold, miserable day at the MCG where Hawthorne won by 30 goals almost. And um, he still racked up 35 touches against mm. that, that midfield of Hodge, Mitchell, Lewis, 
uh, Sewell at the time, you know, those sort of guys. So he's definitely, you know, a great player. We've all seen it. Yeah. Um, I just hope that he, the 18 games that he does play, you know, he can kick 50 or 60 goals, mm. you know, and be the difference there. So, Yeah, for me, um, I mean, Josh Kelly um, was strong in the time trial, but you'd expect that from one of your key midfielders. If they're not running fast and um, yeah. at the front of the pack there, there's something going wrong. But for me, the two big things out of the Giants this year is, um, you know, Stephen Coniglio, he's, a, he's one of the co-captains there. If he has got over these, um, you know, I think it was ankle and toe or, you know, foot-related type stuff, if he's got over those injuries and he's back at his best, that will be a big difference for them. Um, I suppose what I'm most interested in is what happens with the ruck battle. I mean, yes, Braden Pruce is probably at the top of that list, but, you know, Flynn and Briggs, they... um. Well, Flynn especially, they held them. They held their own when they were given the opportunity last year. And when when you've had the chance at the top level, you don't want to suddenly um, hand over the reins to um, someone else who has been injured when you're like, but I proved myself. Why am I not getting this opportunity? So they're going to keep pushing to try and give themselves the opportunity to have that number one spot and keep pressing um, for more time. I mean, you know, Flynn in his first year... um, as a ruckman, he was never going to play all the games, and that's the reason they brought Mumford in in the first place um, after Bruce went down. But um, you know, he's got a year under his belt, extra fitness, extra bulk. He's going to um, be pushing to say, "No, I'm number one," and we can have Bruce as the backup to me. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, finally, uh, that's probably the one area where they've never really had much depth. There's been mm. the ruck; it's always yeah. been uh, Mumford or nothing. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, so, you know, Dean Brogan for the start at the Giants, because I think Mumford mm. didn't come across until 2014 or something. Um, you know, they got a year out of Sam Jacobs crossing from Adelaide. But, uh, you know, now they've probably got three viable options to actually throw in there. And it's uh, going to be on form rather than um, necessity. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, key question, you know, will Buddy kick his thousandth against the Giants? That's the... Uh, because uh, I think they play each other in the first couple of games or something. Yep. So and then uh, yep. be interesting to see how that how that works out. So mm. yes. Or maybe he'll get injured after kicking four goals in round one. And who uh, knows? Come back for the Hawthorne game in yep. June. <laughs> Speaking so, of Hawthorne, how how's your team going this preseason and where are they looking who are they looking towards to help uh, springboard their twenty twenty two campaign? Yeah, I can't get a read on, on Hawthorne at the moment. Um, mainly because all the media are coming out saying, well, yeah, well, I suppose all the media, Kane Corns, uh, is you know, coming out saying basically there's no chance of playing finals and uh, they're going to finish in the bottom part of the ladder again, which is probably fair enough. However, if you look at the list, um, it's actually not the worst list you've ever seen. And uh, mm. realistically, um, anyone with that list should be looking to push for finals. Um so, but it's going to be interesting for Hawthorne because they've got a lot of uh, decent midfielders. I mean, Tom Mitchell's an A grader, obviously. Um, yeah, and then you've got your likes of Amira and Warple um, and these kind of guys flowing through there. But then they've also got a raft of young kids who they've drafted as midfielders, uh, you know, not least in uh, Josh Ward, Connor Downey, uh, and a couple of others. Uh, so it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see whether they really push the boat out on some of the older guys and say, look, the kids are just getting games and we're going to go on that path or whether they actually um, 
utilize those uh, the older, older older types, so their mirrors and, and these yeah. types uh, to their full potential while they've still got some some gas in the tank. So, I mean, look, I'll be happy if Hawthorne finish middle of the table this yeah. year. I don't think they they've got the depth to um, yeah go all the way, obviously. But um, and if we make the finals, that would be a nice little bonus. But uh, um, I think I don't think they should be thinking that they're going to be in the bottom four unless Sam Mitchell has got that in his ideal because he wants higher draft picks and, and looks you know, yeah yeah trade I, out some I, of those guys. Look, I, I think I think you're right. I don't think it's as um, doom and gloom as Kane Corns has suggested and other media have reported his comments. Um, it would make sense to me to start the season with, you know, give, especially given how they've been training to start the season with Sicily and Gunston and mm. give them yeah. those opportunities. Uh, you know, you know, Wingard's not injured, but, you know, add him in that name, like give them the opportunity to perform at their best in the positions where they should be performing their best and see what happens. You've got to roll a dice. Yeah. Um, but if, if they're not up to it for whatever reason, and it is time for a rebuild, I think you've got to start relatively early giving some of the younger guys their chances, except that you're going to lose a full games and go through a, um, go through a rebuild, start the rebuild quicker yeah. so that you can um, get back to the top quicker as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've got no question mm. of that. And I think the first three or four games will really tell the story. Mm. Uh, yeah. We've got North Melbourne, Port Carlton uh, in the first three weeks. So if we are zero and three after those three games, you could say, well, Let's kick off that rebuild. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's carry on with that because we're clearly not really going where we thought we were going. Hmm. If we're two and one or three and oh, which is more unlikely, but uh, then you're sort of thinking, well, okay, we're beating North and Carlton, the teams that are around us, and now we've got to try and peg, out, peg some wins. Yeah, for example, against the Bombers, who yeah. the next probably rung up, you know, if you yeah. know what I mean. So um, if we can start doing that, then you sort of say, well, all right, well, maybe we are pushing North in the right direction. So, yeah. It'll be interesting. The first month will really tell where where we're at. Um, you know, and again, I'm not. You know, a lot of people placing great expectations on James Sisley, and apparently, if you read the reports, he's also flying uh, from training. But uh, I don't know. I always wary of players coming back from a knee. Yeah. That that first year back, um, I don't like to put too much expectation. Yes, on it's them. all very well and good to be able to do it on the training track, but um, yeah. that yeah. first game back when you're against. Um, you know, an opposition that's not going to hold any punches the same way your teammate might in even in match simulation is really going to test it and work out where it's at. Yeah, correct. I mean, different injury, but Tom Mitchell came back really well from a broken leg. Mm. So there's no reason why it can't happen. And other, plenty of others have done it as well. But uh, yeah, I'm always worried, no matter who it is, of uh, the, the player coming back from a knee injury, whether he gets back to mm. full form that first year. So. Can anyone beat the demons? Unlikely. Mm. Someone will, uh, but whether it's in time to stop them winning another flag or not, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they just seem to be. Um, you know, they've they they no one's talking about any injuries there. They seem to all be having a full preseason, and um, you know their list is young, and I can't say you know barring a lot of horrific injuries happening there. Their list is young. It's they're all coming into their peak, and they've already won one premiership. I mean, yeah, Petrarca, um, you know, 
I'm just trying to work out who to name next because there's so many names there. Gorn, um, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I suppose, you know, they don't have a key forward, but Bailey Fritch did oh. the role anyway. Yeah, but I mean, they've also got, uh, well, I mean, they've got uh, Ben Brown, but mm. yeah, and um, Tom McDonald played really well last year. Yeah. Uh, but they've also got uh, young Wiedemann waiting mm. in the weeks. Yeah. Yeah, so, and he could be anything. He was a high draft pick when he went and showed mm. glimpses over the time. So, you know, uh, it's all coming up yeah. roses for Melbourne at the moment. And, and, you know, Nathan Brown, no, sorry, not Nathan Brown, Nathan Jones has now retired, and but he didn't, he laid the, he was one of those that laid the foundations for them to oh, get yeah. to where they did, but he didn't win them the premiership. Like he didn't play through the final series. No. So his retirement is, um, you know, yes, he might've had a great impact around the club into, as a club man, but you know, he's not on the list. I'm sure he's still going to no. be down there and still hanging yeah. around and still yeah. doing his thing. Yeah. Um, but I, so, yeah. I, I also think Dave, that, you know, a lot of people, Max Gorn in particular picked up the mantle from him. Yeah before he left and, uh, and um, you know, uh, ran with it and mm. look how far they've run with it. And I can see them still running a long way into the future. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very sad, but yes, I can see them going a long way and, um, that, you know, it's not going to be a shock if they win it again, given the state of their list and um, the health of their list currently. Yeah, correct. And there mm. doesn't appear to be any. I mean, you'll never know until the games, but there doesn't appear to be any complacency coming out either. So, no. From all reports, all returned in good nick. Yeah. Uh, the Ruse. Yeah, interesting. Going to be interesting year for the Ruse. Uh, you know, they're going to lose a couple of decent midfielders with Cunnington, unfortunately, unavailable. Yeah. His cancer scare, Jed Anderson, unavailable because of his uh, vaccine stance. Mm. Uh, who Pretty pretty dogged, pretty good midfielders to lose. Yeah. Um, as we talked about earlier, they picked up Hugh Greenwood, who could fill one of those roles. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, I would probably have the Roos finishing like Collingwood, bottom mm. reaches again. However, with positivity, uh, so I think you're going to get a lot of games into the kids. Williamson, uh, Davis Uniac is only going to get better. Uh, and these type of guys. And then there's a kid that they had who hasn't played much. He might have played one game last year, Charlie Combin. Um, yeah, big raps on him. He looks the goods. Um, and, you know, looks like he's flying this year. So may, may get, can't see them going high up the ladder, but equally uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they surprised yep. uh, by finishing higher than fair, fair few people yep. expected. So. And I'm certainly not penciling in a victory in round one for the Hawks when we play the Kangaroos. It uh, could, mm. be a, yeah. could be a could be a could be a yeah very tight, very close game. Mm. Yes, uh, I think um, Jed Anderson might be um, Marty Hawes' um, best chance to get a spot on so. the list, though. Um, given that um, you know um, Tom Lynch was um, given a coaching role, but the latest speculation is that they are going to put him on the list as a top-up player as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, it's pretty well accepted that he's going to get that last spot. But, uh, yeah, with Jed Anderson uh, not being vaccinated, uh, 
that, that opens the door, doesn't it? So yeah. Although yeah. you know, there there were so many people saying they were waiting for Novavax, and now that that's been approved, whether um he's going to be more comfortable giving that a go to fulfill his double jab requirements, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, one hopes that he does. However, mm. uh, if, if that's what it takes, I'm not quite sure that I bought him as a tech match. Anyway, yeah. mm. Same as Jack Dowling, but we'll yeah. get to him later. <laughs> so. uh, Port Adelaide. Interesting for Port. A couple of big injuries with yeah. Charlie Dixon looking to miss multiple weeks. Yeah. Uh, if you were going to miss multiple weeks, now is probably the time to do it. Although, uh, you're probably missing a fair chunk of preseason, which holds you in good stead yeah. for later in the year. So, um, I don't know about Port. They're going to be there, thereabouts. Um, they're the they're the nearly team, aren't they? Really, mm. when it gets to the finals and things like that, they never mm. quite get there. Even when they won in '04, they spent three years finishing up the top of the ladder before that. Yeah. Um, before they finally cracked it. So uh, maybe this is the year that they do crack it. Who knows? But. Um, yeah, not too many injuries to key players except for Charlie Dixon, although he is 31. So, yeah, perhaps mm. it's time that someone stands up in his place as and well. And says, I'm next in line anyway. And, you know, that that's yeah. the thing. Um, at his age as a football, you know, I say, I say his age like he's old and he's younger than I am, but, you know, at his age as a professional athlete and AFL footballer, yeah. recovery takes longer. So, you know, even... You know, yes, you say it's the best time of year to get it done, but by the time he has recovered and starts training again. The loss of conditioning at 31 is different to the loss of conditioning at 25. So it takes longer to come back and longer to um, be able to fill his spot in the side again there. Yeah. And also he's had some horrific leg injuries over his career. So this is another one. How much can the legs take really? Mm. So, but yeah, I I don't know. They've certainly got the youngster, you know, the sort of, two to 50 players coming through with that draft. You have Rosie and um, mm. uh, Dersmer and these type of kids who are really good players. Uh, and they're going to be the ones that need to carry the, carry the torch yeah. to, to push Port further. Um, I can't see them cracking top two no. this year. However, a lot of games in Adelaide uh, and you expect two wins against the Crows given where the Crows are at. Um, you know, do enough to get to the finals and see what happens from there. Yeah, I sort of have them pegged as fifth or sixth, mainly because, like you said, they've got a lot of games at home yeah. in South Australia. Yeah. Um, Richmond is a team that I think can bounce back. I don't think you can ever really write them off. And a big part of that is because they have um, Dustin Martin on their list. And he is a guy that, yes, missed... Um, Missed games at the end of last year with uh, his kidney injury, but by all reports, he's um, over that. He's um, expected to play in their practice matches and be ready to start by round one. Yeah, he's, he looks in good nick, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Uh, easily in the conversation for best player in the comp. Yeah. No doubt about that. Mm. Um, I don't know about Richmond. They remind me a little bit of the Hawthorne of 20. 17 through to yeah. 2019. Yeah, you've got that huge changeover of players, whether it's people leaving for greater opportunities or older guys retiring, you know, who've been great yeah. servants and, and premiership players. And that just drains your depth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we know they had a great draft last year where they picked up five or six in the top 30, which is a brilliant mm. um, stepping stone for 
for the future. Uh, but it also puts so much more pressure on the Martins and the Cochins yeah. and the Rewalts and these guys who are, um, we'll take Martin out of this conversation, but yeah, Cochin and, and Rewalt probably got maybe three years between them left. Yeah. Um, and this sort of thing. So, and they also lost, um, was it Collier Dawkins that went to North Melbourne, who was an up and coming key mm. forward ruck? Yeah. Um, that could be a bigger loss than, than we sort of think because, you know, if Rewalt goes down or Tom Lynch for that matter, um, you know, who's going to be the second fiddle there? And then, you know, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, they really remind me of where Hawthorne were at 2018, 2019, where you, you're still competitive. I mean, Hawthorne finished in the top four in 2018. Um, yeah. But you're probably not quite there. And it was shown up in the finals when we went out in straight six. Yeah. yeah, no, it was um, Callum Coleman-Jones that I think That's the went one. to That's the, the ruse. Uh, Collier Dawkins um, has uh, had a good preseason um, yeah. with them. But, um, yeah, um, the interesting one for me is um, they've been talking up Dion Prestia's preseason yeah. and you know i love him as a player and when he plays at his best um he's really good but i just don't think he's ever quite got to the level they expected him to get to when he was first drafted into the afl and i'm not sure that you can rely on him to get you across the line um and back to where they want to be as um premiership contenders yeah, I think uh, I'd agree with that. I think he's a mm. very serviceable player, but he's like the upper echelon of the B graders, isn't he? Yeah. If you know what I mean. And that's no disrespect because there's plenty of those going around, but uh, yeah. he's not quite the role gold minted yeah. A grader like your Martins or your Cochins. Mm. Ha- so. Have they announced their um, new captain yet with Cochin saying he hasn't wanted? I haven't seen anything, but I was wondering. No, no? Yeah. no. and certainly like my brother's a. A Richmond fan and lets me know anything and everything about the Tigers. And yeah. Nothing's come out just yet. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The St Kilda Football Club. Yeah, if I'm a Saints uh, fan, I'm thinking we should be back in the finals in 2021 mm. at a minimum. Uh, yeah, last year was probably a, what would you call it, a Geelong 2006 year, potentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not saying obviously the Saints are going to go on to reach Geelong's heights, but. Uh, you know, a wake-up call for some players who thought making the finals in 2020 was just going to happen again. Yeah. Uh, and we know it doesn't. A lot of hard work and mm. um, and that sort of thing goes into it. So um, if, I'm, yeah, if I'm a Saints fan, I'm wanting to see St Kilda back in the top six. Yep. Um, they – and, you know, yes, they've got some a couple of players that are um... – had massive injuries last year, but they seem to be um, getting back onto track. I think one for me that um, has been a perpetual disappointment for them is um, Hannah Rhea. I don't think, um, you know, given what they did to try and get him there, there's been a problem there and, you know, it's not his fault with the soft tissue injuries he's had to go through. There's um, not much you can do about that. Um, it was so, always fraught with danger, yeah. though, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, they rolled the dice and didn't quite turn out the way it did there. Um, him and um, Geary seem to be the big ones that are returning from injury and still being managed. So I think yeah. I think they need both of them to perform to be a serious contender, but they can still make finals without them. And given what they did the year before, um, the yeah. expectation would have to... And, you know, there's not. it's not like this huge list turnover that should be of concern to them. It's just um, 
they need to they need their players that didn't perform last year to lift again and play at the level they played the year before. Correct. And I think, um, you know, uh, Geary and Hanabry almost fit the Nathan Jones mold, don't they? Mm. Making yeah. sure the young guys are doing what they need to do, yeah. driving the culture and the standards, uh, and then potentially taking a step back when the whips are cracking later in yeah. the season, which they won't want to do, but that's probably how it will play out at some yeah. stage. So, um, yeah, and whether this is the last year for both of them or not, who knows, but... Um, mm. That's what I see out of them anyway. Sydney. Interesting news out of the Swans the last couple of days. Expecting to take uh, Paddy McCartan with the last list spot over summer. Yeah. Um. I. I look. I. Mu- I. I must admit. I saw the headlines, but haven't actually read any in-depth articles. Is that? Is this still an expectation, or have they actually made him that offer yet? Oh, I don't think any. I think. Um, I don't think the AFL has ratified any of these calls just yet, but okay. I think it's pretty much widely accepted yep. that it, it'll go through. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, it's great to see. We talked about it last week, but um, it'd be good to see him get a second chance and hopefully his, uh, you know, his body can allow him to, to do yeah. that. Um, so good luck to him. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see with the Swans. They had yeah. pretty, I mean, a really tricky year last year. I mean, the second half of the year, they were basically on the road the whole year. So, uh, with COVID and whatnot. So, uh, you know, if they get a year where they're a standard year where they're away every second week instead of away for three months, uh, yeah. you know, and get a full year out of Mills and Blakey uh, and Buddy plays 15 or 16 games yeah. and kicks 40 or 50 goals, yeah. uh, Swans could be a, a bit of a sleeper if they get to the finals. Yeah. Um, Blake is the interesting one for me. Um, Mills is apparently back at full training and um, performing really well. Um, Hayward was a shoulder injury and he's back full contact. So obviously he's not particularly worried about the shoulder, but I think um, Blakey's uh, after a broken leg, he's back running, but not quite in the full group yet. So hopefully yeah. um, he keeps progressing well there and can get on there. Um, I don't know about McCartan. Like I'm, incredibly happy for him that he's getting another opportunity, but also incredibly worried given even, even with all this time out, given how, you know, he was hit by concussion. Is it the right thing to do? Should the AFL let him do it? Like I, but you know, I guess, you know, I'm no medical expert and um, I'm assuming that multiple doctors and experts have signed off on this and said, no, he has um, recovered completely from his issues. And um would hope so. I guess just for me, it's like if I was in his position, would I even risk rolling that sort of dice given what I've already gone through? And um, if you've suddenly got back to fit and healthy, it's like, is it like, well, you know, I'm fit and healthy now. Should I just find another passion in life and not risk ruining it all and um, having a life that is um, restricted by massive head injuries? And we've seen what's happened um, with Tuck and others that, um, didn't recover from head injuries and what else, what other problems that caused for them in their lives? Yeah, I, I tend to agree, but I also think the Swans were right not to pick him up this time last year when they had the chance. Yeah. Make him play a full year of footy at whatever standard. Yeah. Because he's still going to get head knocks at, yeah, at lower at, level. Yeah. If not, they're going to, yeah. if anything, they're going to be worse because um, you don't have that extra training on how to take a hit sometimes or. Yeah, well, yeah. there's that side of it. I mean, they, they might not be as bad because the pace of the game is not as realistic mm. as yeah. AFL. Well, but, too, uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, making them play a full year of footy in their twos, um, 
even if it is just in the NEFL, I say just, yeah. but there's you know, AFL with players running around in that competition as well. Um, oh, right. Was it the VFL last year? I can't remember now. Mm. <laughs> it was Brad Scott's brainchild to amalgamate the whole Eastern Seaboard seconds competition. Yeah. So um, anyway, um, so the fact that he did that and got through on skates, I think is a really good sign. Yeah. Uh, the mm. litmus test is an AFL game, obviously. Mm. Now, I mean, no opposition player is ever going to go out and test him out as you would in no. the old days. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but be that as it may, it could still happen. So, yeah, I think uh, he'd probably be on a on a um, yeah a medical warning saying any more concussion and that's it. Yeah. But I guess from his point of view, he's had the opportunity to give it a crack. It's all been cleared. Is he going to live a life of regret by not giving it a crack? Mm. Probably. Yeah. So, yeah, but he knows he he probably knows that one more and that he's done. Uh, now we come to our second international team in the competition, the West Coast Eagles. Yes. Um, uh, they seem yeah. to have a lot of people in the um, medical room at the moment. Uh, I, I'm very tempted to put the Eagles down in the bottom four this year. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've still got great players, Nat Nui, sorry, Nat Nui, Nat Nui, if I can get that out, Yo, Gaff, uh, and these type of guys, but they're all a year older. Yeah. Uh, Jack Darling is going to be a big loss if he doesn't uh, get around uh, his vaccination mm. issues. Um, Josh Kennedy's not getting any younger. No, this will be his last year for sure. Yeah. And then you look at you know Luke Shuey's thirty, Jack Redden's thirty. Uh, they're the uh, east, uh, the Western Seaboard's Geelong, really. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I seriously think it's going to be a pretty tough year for the Eagles, and yeah, I mean they don't have many historically, mm. uh, but maybe this year and, and next year are the two they need to have before they bounce yeah. back really strongly. So. Yeah, and I mean, they've got they've got players coming through that another year under their belt means that I, I think, like you said, they don't have too many years in the wilderness. I think they drafted well and they've got uh, younger players that are coming through as well. You know, um, yeah. Precicelli, Oscar Allen, Bailey Williams, these are all players that are going to be superstars for that club going forward. I think they're... Um, they're in a good position, but they're going to have a bad year this year. Yes, I think most people would accept that uh, outside of West Coast, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but as we've seen with other clubs, one bad year is not a bad thing in the no. in the big picture. Hmm. So because all of a sudden you get a top two or three pick, who you know just adds to what you've already got, and then you're away again. So yeah, hmm. but I mean. And, as we touched on briefly before with Fremantle, if uh, they have to go back into a hub because of the, the border rules mm. um, and they didn't cope with it well in 2020, uh, I don't see them coping well with it again. No. And, you know, that that's on their premier. If he doesn't change his um, point of view, that, that, that'll, uh, that'll be what ends up happening because they're not going to um, – no other club's going to put up with um, – any quarantine really going into yeah. Western Australia in so yeah, well, I can't yeah. see it. Correct. So we already saw it with the first scorches. They spent yeah. most of the BBL or all of it on the road. Yeah. Um seeing it in AFLW at the moment with the, the women's competition, the two teams having to pretty much be on the road. Yeah. Um the tennis it impacted Matt Ebden, as we said. Yeah. So um yeah. interestingly it will be very interesting to see how quickly it gets lifted once Mark McGowan completes his two weeks quarantine 
and realizes what that actually means. Yeah. Yeah. He's forced to come over east, as he likes to say, uh, for um, his court case against Clive Palmer. It amuses me when he says things like over east, given that I think he was actually born in Sydney before moving to WA and getting involved in politics over there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Uh, anyway, last. Last but not least, uh, will the Western Bulldogs bounce back from their disappointment at the end of last season and still be thereabouts? Look, I think so. Um, I don't think a loss, the loss to Melbourne will fracture the club like, say, the Port Adelaide loss to Geelong in 2007. Mm. Um, They've got great depth all over the park. and I see them being in the top four again this year. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce is back training after his injury. Um, yes. You know, like this is still very early days from training and I don't think you're going to see much of him this season, but um, you know, he's coming back from that um, knee reconstruction faster than expected and already back running. Um, you know, they're, the list is there. Um, Norton's, um, you know, fly apparently flying on the track. So it'll be interesting to see um, how he goes there. Bontempelli will have a huge year as he always does. Um, I, the interesting one for me will be um, they picked up a mature age um, recruit, uh, Charlie Parker at 24. You don't pick up a 24 year old out of a lower level competition to, develop them as a player you pick them up because you expect them to play early and fill a role so um you know it'll be interesting to see what he does there and um josh dunkley um you know i think one article i saw it described as gone to another level so mm. if that's true then um yeah, they're, they're um they're going to make their case and they're going to push and you know um i think it was an aberration i don't think I think Melbourne is by far and away the standout team of the competition with their list and there aren't a huge amount of gaps there, but the size of the result I think is an aberration and I can see the Bulldogs going deep and um, I could, I could see them winning it if um, everything goes right for them in terms of um, the list staying together and healthy. And, you know, if they put it all together on the day, they can beat any team in the competition. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and let's not forget, you know, I mean, he's probably not going to have a big impact this year, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Luke Darcy's son coming in early, the father-son. Yeah. had Hugo um, Hagen coming in last year uh, as pick number one. You know, he's going to be better. Yeah. He's not going to dominate, we wouldn't expect yet. But, yeah, they've got um, key forward options for the next 10 years in O2. Yeah. And they can keep building around that as that mid field ages and they turn yeah. players over there. So they're in a really good spot for a long time. The Billies. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Big question for me this year though, uh, I've said I expect them to finish top four. They had a few, a bit of turnover off field in the coaching and, you know, uh, backroom mm-hmm. area after the, you know, the finals and things. So just interesting to see how that all gels and, and whether the, the fresh faces and the fresh eyes are positive or negative, but yeah. um you know, we see coaching departments turn over every three or four years, even if the senior coach is still there. So, yeah. um, you know, just interesting to see if that has a, an impact. But uh, I still expect them to finish top four easily. And there we have it. Um, our 
thoughts on um, where everyone's coming pre-season and, you know, what some of the media have said about each of these teams. I Look, I think it's, um, you know, it's exciting to see where the teams are at. It's exciting to see where the Bombers are at and, you know, how they're flying on the training track. Um, I think, you know, as, and we're, we're only, what, a month away from some of those um, games community series games there'll be a couple of practice matches i think before then but yes uh, we're, we're looking at early march um we'll see some of those games and that's when we'll really um well not really you know they'll try different things try that but we'll at least really get to see how some of the players are performing properly on the track and not necessarily against each other or behind closed doors um yeah so something to look again, forward to uh, exactly right we're four weeks away yeah. from that i think i think we'll on just as the example is march the fifth against the yeah. pies Mm-hmm. Listen, and I saw we're playing um, the Bulldogs. Yeah. I think. Um, well, they've got a. Pre- they've already agreed to a practice match against the Bulldogs. That's not their um, yeah. community series game. I'm not sure that there's a date set for that yet. Yeah, some yeah. of the, yeah, those are yeah. all um, up in the air still for, yeah. for all clubs. So I think, uh, yeah, big. Look, we're six weeks away from the start of the season. Can you believe mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's get it on. <laughs> Let, let's go. Um, now, now the tennis is finished. It's all about- now that the tennis is finished. Um, well, we do have a couple of T Twenty cricket games to get through. That'll keep us going over the next few weeks. Um, yes, that's true. And a test yeah. series starting in Pakistan in a month, so that will be yeah. prime time viewing in our household anyway. Absolutely. Um, and you know, look, we've got a month before we've got a month, six weeks before the regular season starts. But you know, there's plenty of um, there's plenty of topics for us to discuss. There's plenty of um, past glory games between Essendon and Hawthorne that we can review for um, the listeners, but, you know, we'll leave it there for this evening and they'll just have to hit, they'll have to hit like and subscribe on whatever their favorite podcast listening platform is. Um, We'd love it if people could like our Facebook page and share our podcast with their friends, just so we can grow that listenership as we come into the new season. I think so. I think I I agree with you hundred percent there, Hamish, please uh, give us uh, those five stars people. We'd love it. Absolutely. Have a good night, Amos. You too, mate. Chat soon.